Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for joining us today. And if you're joining online, thanks for tuning in as well. Five years. Isn't that crazy? Wow. We're super excited about celebrating. Um, we're going to take time and just kind of remember all that God has done over the last five years and, and celebrate that. It's going to be a great party, so make sure you're here on the 21st. Hey, I did want to let you know, um, you're going to start seeing some changes around uh, the auditorium. We're going to do a remodel here. As many of you know, we've done a lot of things outside recently, cut down some trees and so on. Um, since we've purchased the building, we're super excited about investing more into the facility itself, not just maintaining it. And so next Sunday when you come in, we are going to have a wall built behind us. Um, we're moving towards having, um, it'll be, I think, just drywall next week. Uh, but we're going to paint it black and we're going to put some lights on it. We're also going to be painting uh, the ceiling. I think white is what we're planning on doing. But this is going to help us to do um, a little bit better video quality, and uh, it'll just maybe make it look a little bit more contemporary here. Some of you, this is really disappointing, I know, and, uh, um, but I'm actually super excited about it. So <laughs> this is something we've been wanting to do for a long time, and now that we own the building, we're going to be able to move forward with it. So I didn't want you guys to be too shocked and surprised next uh, Sunday when things start to look a little bit different. All right, so... Um, to kick off today's service, though, I do want to start with a short uh, video clip, so watch this. Adhered to the Mayan calendar, which predicts the end of time to occur on the 21st of December of this year. This year. This year. What are the odds? <laughs> You guys know what the movie is? 2012, right? How many of you guys have seen the movie? Yeah, heard of the movie, right? It, 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 was back, it came out in, I think, 2007, just to scare us to death, right? That it was all going to end in just a few years, but it was based on the fact that the ancient Mayan calendar ended. It just had an end to it on December, I think it was December 21st, 2012. And so many people prophesied that the end of the world was going to happen on that date. It didn't happen, did it? 
No, it didn't happen. In fact, a lot of people have prophesied that the end of the world was going to come. Many people thought it was going to happen in the year 2000. Remember that? We had a lot of people prophesying that. Uh, in fact, if you Google and you look and try to see, has anyone prophesied that the end of the world was going to happen on a certain day, you'll find dozens and dozens of people who have predicted it from Sir Isaac Newton to Nostradamus to Farrakhan, even Christian pastors like Lester Sumrall, Jerry Falwell, and Tim LaHaye. They have all predicted and prophesied that the end of the world was coming. And we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. And so it can make us a little leery of prophecies. Anybody? Like if you hear a prophecy about something, you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, the thing is, in the Bible, there are many, many prophecies that have actually happened. They've actually occurred. Uh, I'll give you just a couple of them. First of all, um, the prophet Jeremiah predicted that the, the, the country of Israel was going to be thrown into captivity um, and led away by the Babylonians. And that actually happened in about six Oh, I don't know, 603 B.C. So he predicted it, and a couple years later it happened. He also predicted that they would be in captivity for 70 years, and they did. They were in captivity for about 70 years, and then they were released back into Israel. And there are many, many other prophecies throughout the Bible that have actually occurred, unlike the Mayan prophecy um, that we've heard about. So if you read the Old Testament, you'll notice that the last 17 books of the Old Testament are known as the books of prophecy. Here's a graph that I thought was pretty helpful in kind of showing how the Old Testament is divided up. In the beginning here, uh, like how I said that in the beginning? Anybody catch that? Um, we have the law. So the first five books are known as the law there in the yellow, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then we have the books of history there in the, in the purple, books of poetry in blue. And then at the end here, though, we have the books of prophecy, and they're divided up into the major prophets and the, the minor prophets. And, and it was really helpful for me because when I was studying the Bible and reading the Bible, I didn't know that there was actually a rhyme or reason to how they were all put together. So it was helpful for me to know that. Now, what's the difference between major and minor is the major books are bigger than the minor books. That's, that's really it. So they're just larger books. Um, so if we use the definition of prophet, someone who prophesies, as someone who receives revelations from God, then we can go through and find dozens and dozens of people who would be known as prophets. Of course, we have the prophets Elijah and Elisha, um, but we also have King David who received revelations from God, Jesus, of course, and Paul in the New Testament, and even the Apostle John who wrote the book of Revelation. So in the Old Testament, there were very specific individuals who were known as prophets. There weren't a lot of them, but they were very specific, and you kind of knew who they were. They were the prophets. But in the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, we were given the gift of prophecy, and many, many, many people have the gift of prophecy today. Um, and the gift of prophecy is alive and well in the New Testament church. Now, there are actually 
several different spiritual gifts, which we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts, so make sure you come back and we'll dive into that a little bit more. But I want to talk about a few today. There are many different spiritual gifts that get lumped into the gift of prophecy. All right, when we say somebody prophesied over me or, or gave me a prophetic word, many times they fall into these different spiritual gifts. The first one is the spiritual gift of discernment. And you can write that in on your handout if you'd like. Discernment means to clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether the behavior or teaching is from God, from Satan, human error, or human power. So to simplify, discernment is discerning between good and evil. All right, It's knowing the difference between good and evil. I'll give you an example of this. In the book of Luke, Jesus had a, a, a man brought to him who was mute. And so they were asking to have him healed, you know, because he couldn't speak. Well, Jesus discerned that he didn't have a physical condition that was keeping him from being able to speak. He had a spiritual condition. And so that's how he addressed it in Luke chapter 11, verse 14, says this, Jesus was driving on a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. So with his gift of discernment, he was able to actually understand what was going on with this person who had a physical condition and realized it was spiritual. Now also, because of the gift of discernment, Jesus could tell when people were lying to him, right? He could tell. I want to give you an example of this. Um, in Matthew chapter 22, I'm going to read these verses starting with verse 15. It says, Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words, to trap Jesus. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, We know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Now, by the way, just... If somebody starts with that with you, like they just kind of butter you up, you know, you should be a little leery right off the bat, right? But then, he's, then he says, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Now, this was a trick question, okay? And they came in like, should we pay the tax? But what they were trying to do was to trap him in his words because they knew that if he said, don't pay the tax, then he was... Uh, going against the Roman government, and they would have him killed. But if he said, pay the tax, then he was going against Israel, right? Because Israel didn't like being, paying taxes to the Roman government. But Jesus, in verse 18, says this, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? So Jesus knew their evil intent. He knew it through the gift of discernment. They appeared to be sincere, but Jesus knew that wasn't the case. Now, this was the time when, when Jesus said, you know, show me a denarius, and he said, whose inscription is on it, whose picture, and it was the emperor, and he said, you know, give to God what is God's, give to Roman what, what is Rome's, right? And so he was able to, you know, give them an actually good answer once he understood 
why they were coming at him, why they were coming at him. So discernment is many times used when we talk about prophecy. People will be able to discern what the issue is, and they'll be able to discern if someone is telling the truth or not. And sometimes you'll be able to discern if there is an evil spirit in somebody or not. So discernment is a very important gift when you're talking about prophetic ministry. Also, the next one is words of knowledge, words of knowledge. This is the ability to know facts about a person or a situation that could not have been known by natural means. You know, simply knowing something that you shouldn't know. All right, that's, that's what a word of knowledge is. So when you have a word of knowledge about something, someone, you know something about them that you really shouldn't know about them at all. Now, this happened with Jesus. I'll give you another example where he used this gift. This is in John chapter 1. And it says this, when Jesus, with, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching him, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. So right off the bat, Jesus is talking about his character, that he's a truthful person. And, and Nathaniel's like, how do you know? You don't even know me. You've never met me before. How do you know me? And then Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. So he actually knew where Nathaniel was, that he was hanging out underneath a fig tree. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So Jesus knew these things about Nathaniel that he really shouldn't have known. So those are what we call words of knowledge, when you just know something that you shouldn't really know. So that's the power. Now, the cool thing about it is that Nathaniel immediately believed that he was a prophet, that he really was um, the son of God. I mean, right off the bat, he believed it because of a word of knowledge, because this man knew things about him that nobody should know. And it opened up his heart to hearing from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says this, If an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. Essentially, that's, that's words of knowledge that are speaking about an individual that comes into a, uh, a church service. And so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So words of knowledge are really helpful in, in kind of just stating, this is God. God is here. He's speaking among us, right? That, and it just kind of uh, qualifies the prophetic word during that time. In the Vineyard Movement, we used to call it reading someone's mail. Anyone ever heard of that? Like you're reading someone's mail. Like, so you, you know things about them because you've been reading their mail. Now, today it should be called like reading someone's email or you know, following somebody on social media. I mean, because nobody gets mail anymore, right? Just a few bills um, or junk mail. But, uh, but this is God's ability. He, he gives us this gift to be able to know things about someone to open them up to hearing from God. It kind of quantifies it or qualifies it. I'll give you an example. So Rose and I were out to dinner with a, a couple friend of ours here from the church. And so we were um, sitting at, I think it was Applebee's. I think it was Applebee's. 
And, and we're just talking about God stuff for like two hours. I mean, my legs actually got stiff. I mean, when we went to stand up, I'm like, oh. But we were sitting there for about two hours just talking about God stuff. Our waitress comes up to us. Her name is Mimi. And she came up to us and she just said, hey, I've, I overheard you guys talking. And so would you pray for me? And we're like, sure. She didn't say what to pray about. She just said, pray for her. I said, all right, so we'll, we'll pray for her right now. And, and I said, but we're going to take a minute and we're just going to ask God if there's anything specific that he wants us to pray for. So we, we just prayed, we paused for a little bit, and we, we waited, and then God kind of showed us that she had some type of physical pain. And so we asked her, we said, do you have any pain right now? And she said, yeah, I got, got this pain in my side. And we started talking through, and, and she gave us the pain. So we prayed, she got some healing, we prayed again, and the pain was completely gone. She's like, "Woo." I'll go. I said, all right, well, so then we started praying a little bit more, and we asked her, we said, so are you having some relationship issues right now? And she goes, oh, how do you know? <laughs> you know, and she's just like, and then, and so we were able to, to pray more specifically for her, and she's like, I just, I, I almost have tears in my eyes right now. But the words of knowledge opened her heart up to hearing from God. We, of course, invited her to church, I don't know if you're watching online, Mimi, but you're welcome to come in. Um, but, uh, you know, does that make sense? That's what a word of knowledge is. That's how it's utilized to know how to pray and to open up people to hearing from God. The third one here is prophecy includes the spiritual gift of exhortation. So you have words of knowledge, and then you have exhortation. Exhortation is to come alongside of someone with words of encouragement, comfort, consolation, and counsel to help them to be all God wants them to be. When someone has the, the gift of exhortation, they see the potential in individuals, even if the individual doesn't see them. And there's, there's no way they should know that. They don't have to know the person to know that this potential within them to be all that God wants them to be. Jesus did this with the apostle uh, Peter. Let me read this example. I love this example because Jesus saw the potential in Peter and called it out. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, this is Matthew chapter 16, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, by the way, his name was Simon at this time, answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, Hades will not overcome it. So Simon... The, the name Simon means he who hears. And he heard from God. God revealed to him that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. And so his name was correct, right? Simon was someone who could hear, could hear from God. But Jesus saw his potential. He was more than just someone who hears. He was going to be a leader, a, a, a pivotal person, within the New Testament church. And so he changes his name to Peter, which means rock or stone. And he says, I will build my church on you. 
Now, this was the Peter that made a lot of mistakes, if you read the New Testament, right? The Gospels. He made a lot of mistakes. And Jesus, I believe through the gift of exhortation, saw his potential and called it out of him. And that's what he became. That's what he became. So exhortation many times is utilized in when we're doing prophetic ministry because we can see a person's potential and call it out, which is really fun, which is really fun. All right, and then lastly, prophecy includes the spiritual gift of prophecy. Kind of redundant there, right? Um, which, which means to speak forth the message of God to his people. And this is what we think about many times when we, when we think of prophecy. We think of Old Testament the Old Testament gift of prophecy, where they usually spoke words of warnings or predictions. A lot of that was scattered throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus did use this as well in the New Testament uh, in Matthew chapter 26. Here's a couple of prophecies just in a few verses. He said to them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So he's predicting that that all of his disciples are going to scatter, and that did happen. But then he says, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. So not only did he declare that Everyone's going to scatter, but he said to Peter, Peter, you are actually going to deny that you even know me three times before the rooster crows. And that happened. See, that's prophecy. But the nice thing about, we're talking about Peter, is he also had prophesied that he would be the, the rock, you know, later on. He, but he failed along the way. So prophecies um, happened all throughout the Old Testament. They happened all throughout the New Testament as well. But when we think of the spiritual gift of prophecy, it's not about just about warnings and predictions. In the New Testament, there's kind of a new definition or new purpose for prophecy, and we're going to talk about that today, the new purpose of prophecy, and I'm excited about today's message. So um, we are in our series titled Empowered, and uh, we're looking through, um, we're taking several weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit. And the, the Vineyard Movement is, is actually taking a lot of time. A lot of Vineyard churches are taking the same time to talk through this series, and I'm super excited about it. But last week, we talked about the, the spiritual gift of healing, the spirit of healing. And we actually saw many people get healed last week. It was, it was really exciting during our time of prayer. But today, we're going to talk about prophecy. And you can turn to your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to read the first four verses. This is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, which is in modern-day Greece. And it immediately follows chapter 13, which is known as the love chapter. And, and he starts out by referencing that. And he says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God, indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. 
So that's really the purpose of prophecy. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So um, our message title today is simply The Spirit of Prophecy. I'm going to give you just a little bit of more information on those three points, um, and then we'll be done. But first, let me pray. God, I pray that you would give us just ears to hear from you. Holy Spirit, come, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we should want to receive prophetic ministry, right? We should want it, even though it's kind of scary, even though we, we haven't really trusted it in the past when we hear about prophecy, but we should want it because of those three points. We will be stronger is the first one. It says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening. When someone gives us a prophetic word, it strengthens us. Now, it implies that we may be weak or weaker. And that's true, isn't it? I mean, when we come in here on a Sunday, how many of you came in today a little bit weak, kind of beat up from the week, right? I mean, that's kind of how we come in. We come in hoping to receive something from God through worship, through teaching, through community. But I would say to you, another way that we can get filled up is through prophetic words. It is through asking, say, would you pray for me? Would you hear, listen to God, and see if he has anything for me today? That's one of the ways. That's one of the reasons we do it. John Wimber, the father of the Vineyard Movement, had that, that statement, we leak. And it's just this idea that we can be full one moment, but over time, we just leak. It just, the air comes out of our balloon Life hits us. I was talking to some individuals this week who had just difficult weeks. And, you know, they may have left here last Sunday full, but they come in this week and it's just, you know, in a different situation. So getting prophetic ministry, having somebody pray for you after service is one of those ways that we can get strengthened, okay? So we will get strengthened. We will be stronger. Another one is we will be more courageous. It says the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening and encouraging. Encourage means to give support, confidence, or hope to. It's to fill someone up with confidence and courage. Let me give you an example of this in the Old Testament. Um, from 2 Chronicles. It says, The Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Oded. So Azariah had the spirit of prophecy come on him, and he became a prophet, an Old Testament prophet. And he went out to meet Asa, who was King Asa, and he said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And then verse 7, it says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. So the prophet comes and he encourages him, right? He encourages him. And so what does King Asa do? He says in, in verse 8, When Asa heard these words of, and the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. So the prophet encouraged, gave courage to King Asa to do what was right. I mean, simply to take down the idols, and there started a spiritual reform 
in the land of Israel simply because a prophet gave an encouraging word that encouraged the king to do what was right. So here's a question I have for us today. Just to ask ourselves, am I afraid? Am I afraid of something? Am I afraid of dying? Am I afraid of tomorrow? Am I afraid of my financial situation? Am I afraid of the future? Am I afraid of sharing my faith? Am I afraid of standing up to someone for what is right? I would just say to you, if you're ever in one of those moments where you just are fearful, I would encourage you, come up, receive prayer. Receive a prophetic word because courage is one of the things that we receive when we are prophesied over. And then lastly, we should want to receive prophetic ministry because we will be comforted. It says, one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And I don't know about you, but there are many times that I need comfort, right? We just need it. We just need it. The nice thing about a prophetic word in those moments is that we realize that God sees us, that he understands us, that he knows us, and that he cares enough about us to speak to us through another individual. I've had a couple of prophetic words given to me recently. One was at Ask 24, when we took 24 hours of prayer and worship, we, we kind of opened up the auditorium for individuals to give prophetic words to one another. Because one of the things that we do believe is that the gift of prophecy is not limited to just a few prophets. There are many of us who have the spiritual gift of prophecy, and there are many of us who God can speak to or speak through us to other people. And so we'll, we'll have those times where we wait to hear from God and see if he reveals something to us that we can share to someone else. And so I opened up the auditorium for that, and uh, Doug Lettleitner, one of our guys that I like here at the church, um, comes up and, and prophesies over me. You know, that's what he does. So I'm like, no, this is for everyone else. But Doug comes up, and it was just really, really comforting and encouraging because Doug was sharing things with me that God had been speaking to me already. You know, but sometimes when you hear God's voice in your head, we have a, a way of like, well, I'm not sure if that's just me or if that's, if that's God. But when someone else speaks the exact same words, you're like, okay, that must have been God that I was hearing. And our spirit confirms it. So I appreciated that. And then uh, yesterday I was at a conference and a lady, same thing, uh, gave me a prophetic word. And, and it was just the same things that God had already been speaking. And, like, uh, and I just what I said to her, I said, yeah, that's like the third time I've heard that, you know. So God is, so I'm, maybe I should believe it, right? That's the idea. <laughs> but it brings comfort to us. And so sometimes that's, that's just what we need, right? We just need to know that God sees us, that he knows us, that he understands, right? That he hears us, and that just brings comfort to us in those situations, so we should want to receive prophetic ministry because we will be stronger, we will be more courageous, and we will be comforted. 
Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.